it first. <laughs> cats and hats. Uh, there's like a... Where'd it go? Bring back my cats and hats. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the, the new algorithms. No. I just hate that you can't go like most recent. Yeah. With like anything. Facebook's doing that too. Yeah. Twitter. It's like, no, no, I don't want to see that someone else has posted. Like, why should that pump something that's actually new? Or sometimes like, oh, I didn't see that, but it was posted like three days ago. I mean, I completely agree. But also part of my problem is that I haven't figured out how to game it for my benefit yet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of Rabbit Holes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elise. And I'm your other host, Andy. And welcome to the show. I have noticed that uh, we can probably lay our, like, intros, like, over each other, and it would sound very similar, and yet we do it live every time. It's it's unsettling at a certain point. Because I, sa- I say my name the same way Same inflection. Yeah. yeah. Same with, like, the hellos and, like, the goodbyes, and yeah. I'm trying to decide whether you like want to like freak people out and mix it up or if we just let it ride i don't know if i can do it any other way right so weird man we as a species are weird we well definitely (laughs) i I agree so uh anything new with you anything we need to catch up on i see you're still wearing your birthday regalia even though your birthday was a week ago so i don't know what you're doing still wearing it (laughs) (laughs) those last 30 seconds i haven't (laughs) taken it off yes we are for pee you know We are banking some episodes, so we'll let it slide, because technically your birthday is in two days, so you still get to wear your... Um, we had a good weekend last week, and we sold our house. Yay! Yay! We picked up the paperwork today. Uh, still had to sort out the paperwork and get the financing for our new house. I was going to say, like, you sold one, but you've got to actually build, build the other. I know, one. I know. <laughs> so we've been harassing our uh, mortgage broker to the point where I think I'm just going to have to find another one because this guy's pissing me off. He hasn't called me back. It's been three weeks, over three weeks. It's almost a month now. Oh, and yeah. He promised it was like three days. And we can understand that they're a bit slow, but a whole month. Uh, last week I called and said, we need, I don't care whatever deal, even if it's, if even if this company that has been like, I don't know, dragging their butt across the carpet on my file comes back and that's a better deal. I just need you to get me the best, second best deal then. Like, yeah. okay, let's just write these people off on they're never going to get back to us. Yeah. Because it's like, is it us? Is it a problem with us that they're not getting back? But he's like, no, no, I'm confident that it's not you guys. You, you have great credit. You have yeah. enough money, blah, 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 blah. And we already have this house sold, so like that should make us more uh, a better, less of a risk. Yeah, less of a risk. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm just really frustrated. Dan's really frustrated. Q doesn't love you. Don't deal well with frustration. <laughs> um, so yeah, I found a really weird bug that imploded when I went to go pick it up. Weird, <laughs> like bomb. Like no, it was like dead and dried out, and oh. so like. Pfft. Uh, so this is like the level of things that we're dealing with. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's both equally as upsetting. No. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into our stories for today then. Uh, you went first last week. Yeah. So I get to go first this week. 
the inspiration for this story came from like a bunch of different places. And it all kind of stems back to the fact that I was an incredibly anxious kid growing up. I had a lot of anxieties that uh, kind of got wound up thanks to an older girl who would tell me scary stories on the school bus going to and from school. And this is when I was eight-ish and then I couldn't sleep, which just ratcheted up the anxiety like even worse. And that stuck with me well into my 20s until the anti-anxiety meds really hit their stride. <laughs> now, not so I was going to say, I think in the last uh, episode, we discovered you still have some uh, <laughs> some oh. issues that need to be tackled. Oh, I'm like a ball of neuroses in general, but like the whole like scared of like creepy stories, no longer one of them, luckily. So when I saw this listicle about urban legends a couple of weeks ago and then heard that scary stories to tell in the dark was being made into a movie, I decided the time was ripe to re-explore the scary urban legend. So that is what my story is about this week. Woohoo! So what do I mean when I say urban legend as opposed to something like a fairy tale or a short story, a fiction? And so I went to the giver of all knowledge, Wikipedia, and I found this definition. It's a genre of folklore comprising stories circulated as true, especially as having happened to a friend or a family member. Often there are macabre or humorous elements to them, and they're most often circulated orally, but can be spread by any media, including newspaper, email, and social media. Some have passed through the years with only minor changes to suit regional variations. So the term is thought to have been traced back as far as 1968, but was popularized in the 1980s by an academic named Jan Harold Brunvald, a professor of English at the University of Utah, who introduced the term to the general public in a series of popular books that were published starting in 1981. Brunvald wanted to make two points in his work. The first is that legends and folklore do not occur exclusively in so-called primitive or traditional societies, and that two, we can learn a lot about urban and modern culture by studying this type of story. So, enough theory, and let's get to the spooky. Scary stories to tell in the dark. I have not seen nor read this book in 25-ish years. I still remember a lot of these stories and the imagery. Are you familiar? You're not familiar with it. I think we no. talked about this one. Yeah. Once you see the illustrations that went into that book, you are never going to forget them. They are hauntingly disgusting. <laughs> I think um, Warbit might have uh, posted a couple of their favorites. Okay. Like the gray and white, like gray, like pencil Just, drawings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Messed up. So one of the stories from Scary Stories Tell in the Dark that stuck with me the most is a story called Drip, Drip, Drip. And I have the story here. So one night, a young girl, Lily Foster, is left alone for the night in her country house while her parents drove out of town for a party. This is fine with Lily, especially since she had her faithful dog, Scout, protecting her throughout the night. She made herself something to eat and sat down at the kitchen table. Turning on the radio to her favorite stations, she was surprised to hear a news bulletin declaring that an avenged murderer was on the loose. It advised that people secure all windows and doors as a safety precaution. With her dog by her side, the young girl locked the front and back doors. She went from window to window and locked each of them one at a time. She reassured herself that she would be fine with her trusty dog and that her parents would be home shortly anyway. So Lily had a pleasant, peaceful evening and finally decided around 11 o'clock that it was time for bed. She climbed the stairs to her bedroom and slid under the big warm blanket on her bed. Before closing her eyes, she reached her hand under the bed and allowed her dog to lick it. She did this every night because it comforted her. 
A short while later, she woke to the sound of scratching noises at her bedroom window. She eyed the window and reminded herself that the whole house was locked and she was safe. So she stuck her hand under her bed and felt her dog's slobbery tongue cross over the palm of her hand. She sighed and went back to sleep. An hour or so later, she sat up in bed. She had heard footsteps in the hallway and crept out of bed to see if it was possible that her parents had returned from their party. Seeing nothing, she returned to bed. As she was about to stick her hand under the bed, she heard a drip, 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 followed by some footsteps. She walked downstairs into the kitchen and secured the taps. That surely wasn't the source of the drip. She crept upstairs and climbed into bed. This is silly, she told herself. I'm probably just imagining things. She stuck her hand under the bed and felt the dog lick her hand. An hour later, she awoke again. A little mad at this point, she jumped out of bed. The dripping wasn't coming from the kitchen, so it must be from the bathroom. She crept along the side of the hallway and walked into the bathroom. She groped along the side of the wall with her left hand, looking for the light switch. She flicked on the light and gasped. There, hanging from the shower rod, was Scout, skinned. A pool of blood had formed on the bathroom tile with a continuous drip, 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 as the blood from the dog hit the ground. Something on the wall caught her eye. Written on the wall was a message in blood. Humans can lick, too. (laughs) So imagine being eight years old. And as I heard the story and as I was just retelling it, I pictured the house I was growing up in as a child. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this, so uh, this is a children's book? The 80s were a wild time. The 80s and 90s. It was wild. I get that. (laughs) But that is some really... (laughs) Oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I thought R.L. Stein, some of that was bad enough. That's horrible. I mean, R.L. Stein was tame compared to that. Yes. That was more as she got it to be like a preteen or a teenager. <laughs> but if your reading comprehension was low. But <laughs> what the language <laughs> that's why i stopped <laughs> wtf people i always thought that fairy tales were effed up enough for kids yeah so the next one may also be a bit of um a window into some of my neuroses yeah this and, is yeah I'm learning a lot yeah uh this one is called the red dot oh dear one night a young girl was sleeping in her bed when a spider crawled across her face It stopped for a few minutes on her left cheek, then it went on its way. When she woke up the next morning and looked in the mirror, she noticed a red spot on her cheek. What's this? She asked her mother. It looks like a spider bite, the mother replied. It'll go away, just don't scratch it. Soon, the small red spot grew into a big red boil. Look at it now, the girl said. It's getting bigger. That sometimes happens, the mother said. It's coming to a head. In a few days, the red spot was even larger. Look at it now, the girl said. It hurts so much and makes me look so ugly. We'll have the doctor look at it, the mother said. Maybe it's infected. But the doctor couldn't see the girl until the next day. That night, she decided to take a nice, relaxing bath. As she lay soaking in the warm water, the boil suddenly burst. Out poured a swarm of tiny spiders from the eggs that their mother had laid in her cheek. This might be a little bit of a revenge situation for me for the whole life. Yeah, now no, I can see now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think I did a story on this. Yep. <laughs> so again, this is where my... Complete. Also, that was a poor parenting by that mom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. It's good. Just something weird growing on your face. It'll be yeah. good. Shake it off. Shake it off, darling. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I won't read this one in its entirety, but it's a story called The New Pet, where a woman goes down to Mexico, and she's a big-hearted person, and there's lots of stray animals and pets around, and she finds this sad-looking creature. She picks it up. She somehow, it's not explained in the story, manages to get it through borders and customs. It takes it It's also the 70s, 80s, 90s, True. where things were lax. True. So she gets this thing home. It's super anxiety, like anxious on the flight, and like it's it's not doing well. And so, uh, as expected, it gives her a little bit of a nip on her hand, but like it's fine. She gets home, vacation's over. She puts the animal into her kitchen, boards it up, like puts the board down so it can't roam around the apartment or the house. She gets home from work, and it's got like mucus all over its face. It's tried to like gnaw its way through the wall, and so she says, "Okay, well now I have to take this thing to the vet." The vet takes one look at it and goes, what is it? And she's like, I got it in Mexico. I assume it's a chihuahua. He's like, it is not. It is a sewer rat. And by the looks of it, it has rabies. (gasps) Yeah. Also very imprinting on my brain. (laughs) Yeah. So this is like the whole urban legendy kind of story that like it happened to a friend of a friend of mine she thought yeah. she was bringing home a chihuahua she brought home a mexican sewer rat like <laughs> who gave her rabies who gave her rabies i mean my next line is these are tame old school legends but like judging by the look on your face a little bit earlier maybe not so tame to me they're tame because i guess i grew up with them so they don't seem but, like a children's story about how your pet gets skinned yeah that is excessive and hung up is <laughs> just like it's so it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> but these, like, quaint stories of yore compare, like, not at all to the crap that kids have to deal with these days, thanks to, like, Reddit. And creepypasta. That's my next point now, though I think they're called creepypastas. Now I don't need to ask the listeners if they're cool and hip to confirm that that's what creepypastas are, is these new urban legends, because you've confirmed that yeah, already. I think that's what they are. Again, I'm not cool or hip, so... <laughs> Uh, there are the really famous ones, like the Slender Man, which, sadly enough, led to a death um, recently. Uh, the Russian Sleep Experiment is... Yes. Uh, oh, God, I saw that one pop up. Gaging read. Um, and that's why we drink. Em covered it really well, so I didn't want to cover it here, but, like, go find that episode. It's good. Uh, here are a couple, though, that I'd never heard of until I started prepping for this story. The first is called The Expressionless. And uh, I just want you to have this image in your head as I tell you the story, because it looks like someone we know. (laughs) Don't even have to say the name. I know you know who I was thinking of when I said that. In June 1972, a woman appeared at Cedar sinai Hospital in nothing but a white, blood-covered gown. Now, this in itself should not be too surprising, as people often have accidents nearby and come to the nearest hospital for medical attention. But there were two things that caused people who saw her to vomit and flee in terror. The first being that she wasn't exactly human. She resembled something close to a mannequin, but had the dexterity and fluidity of a normal human being. Her face was as flawless as a mannequin's, devoid of eyebrows and smeared in makeup. There was a kitten clamped in her jaws, so unnaturally tight that no teeth could be seen, and the blood was still squirting out of her onto the gown and onto the floor. She then pulled it out of her mouth, tossed it aside, and collapsed. From the moment she stepped through the entrance to when she was taken to the hospital room and cleaned up before being prepped for sedation, she was completely calm, expressionless, and motionless. The doctors thought it best to restrain her until the authorities could arrive, and she did not protest. 
They were unable to get any kind of response from her, and most staff members felt too uncomfortable to look directly at her for more than a few seconds. But the second the staff tried to sedate her, she fought back with extreme force. Two members of staff had to hold her down as her body rose on the bed with the same blank expression. She turned her emotionless eyes towards the male doctor and did something unusual. She smiled. As she did, the female doctor screamed and let go out of shock. In the woman's mouth were not human teeth, but long, sharp spikes. Too long for her mouth to close fully without causing any damage. The male doctor stared back at her for a moment before asking, What the hell are you? She cracked her neck down to her shoulders to observe him, still smiling. There was a long pause. The security had been alerted and could be heard coming down the hallway. As he heard them approach, she darted forward, sinking her teeth into the front of his throat, ripping out his jugular and letting him fall to the floor, gasping for air as he choked on his own blood. She stood up and leaned over him, her face coming dangerously close to his as the life faded from his eyes. She leaned closer and whispered in his ear, I am God. The doctor's eyes filled with fear as he watched her calmly walk away to greet the security. His last sight ever would be watching her feast on them one by one. The female doctor who survived the incident named her the Expressionless. There was never a sighting of her again. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so this whole creepy, scary, what is she? Where did she come from? Why did she pop up here now? What's with the kitten? Like, come on. As we've discussed, cats and hats. Like, you don't want to do that. Like, come on. <laughs> People get more upset about dogs and cats and animals dying than they do humans. This is very true. Um, the best urban legends, however, are the ones that hold a kernel of truth. So the idea of Bloody Mary and Candyman are pretty similar. You invoke the creature by saying their name several times in a mirror and they'll come out and kill you. Uh, again, Bloody Mary M on, and that's why we drink covered it. Yeah. And that's when I realized that not everyone made the connection to Mary, Queen of Scots, like I did. No. Or Mary of England, like I also did, because she was also known as Bloody Mary. Surprising. But anyway, Candyman, same deal. Stand in the mirror, call him forth, kills you. Not good. Don't do it. So, with that said, in 1987, a woman named Ruth May McCoy lived the nightmare of Bloody Mary slash the Candyman. McCoy, who lived in Chicago, had a bit of a reputation for being unstable. She was in and out of psychiatric care and suffered most of her life with a severe case of paranoia. As is so common for people with mental illness and little social support, especially in the 80s in the States, McCoy ended, living, ended up living in a high-rise apartment run by the Chicago Housing Authority. Oh, and I should stress this, completely true, from a Chicago newspaper, all of it. Like, there is no urban legend to this. This actually happened. Oh, good lord. Yeah. The building that uh, McCoy was living in was one of a complex which featured dark, malfunctioning elevators, pitch black stairwells, and cocaine and PCP addicts on nearly every floor. It was not a good place to live. On the evening of Wednesday, April 22nd, 1987, McCoy placed a call to 911 shortly before 9 p.m., and here is the transcript. McCoy, I'm a resident of 1440 West 13th Street, and some people next door are totally tearing this down, you know? She began. The dispatcher, what are they doing, ma'am? Uh, McCoy's response is then unintelligible on the tape, but apparently the dispatcher caught her gist and asks, they want to break in. She says, yeah, they throwed the cabinet down. Dispatcher, from where? 
McCoy. I'm in the projects. I'm on the other side. You can reach. Can reach my bathroom. They want to come through the bathroom. Dispatcher. All right, ma'am, what's the address? She gives him the address and warns him, or gives him the information that the elevator is working. Dispatch. All right, what's your name, ma'am? McCoy. It's Ruth McCoy. All right, I'll send you the police. 20 minutes later, police still hadn't arrived. Uh, records show the dispatcher didn't identify the cause of the call as a break-in in progress, but rather a dispute with neighbors. So it bumped down the priority list. Uh, another call, though, a little after nine o'clock, comes in about that apartment, but not from McCoy. This time it's a neighbor calling in to report gunshots and yelling coming from McCoy's apartment. As soon as that report comes in, police were dispatched to arrive en masse as soon as you report a shooting. Uh, but they didn't gain access to the apartment. They knocked a bunch. McCoy wasn't answering. The building super didn't have a spare key. And they were worried that they would be sued if they broke down the door. So after about an hour, they just left. There was no further commotion or kerfuffle. So they just left. The neighbor who made the second 911 call called back the next day. So they knew that someone was kind of tracking what was happening. So at 1 p.m., two days later like two days after the original phone call, police and a locksmith finally made entrance into McCoy's apartment where they found her in her bedroom, lying on her side in a pool of blood, a hand over her chest, one shoe on and one shoe off. Papers, magazines, and coins were strewn about her on the floor and she had been shot four times. Police couldn't find any signs of a break-in so that they concluded that she in fact knew her killer when in fact the killers, uh, as we find out later, because two men were charged and arrested with the crime, entered her apartment through the medicine cabinet in her bathroom. <gasps> yes. Investigators determined that her assailants had gained access to her unit by breaking through the, con the connecting wall in the adjoining apartment and climbing in through her medicine cabinet. The complex had been purposely built that way so that plumbers investigating leaks could simply remove the cabinet to check the pipes, and the only barriers were the nine nails that held each cabinet to the wall so take off the cabinet in apartment one shimmy through some pipes knock out nine nails in apartment two and go in through the wall there had been multiple reports of break-ins um drug dealers were using that complex specifically for that reason as a site because when police showed up at one apartment they could easily skedaddle into the next one and show no signs of having ever been there she had reported several break-ins in the past using a similar way in. It became this whole thing. Like Chicago police took a lot of shit for leaving and not putting eyes on her, assuming that they would get sued and not wanting to be in trouble. So they just left. Uh, it was the eighties, racially diverse town. There was another murder of a white woman around the same time that took up all the newsprint in the Tribune. This popped up in a smaller, um, Chicago newspaper at the time but like just as a kind of an FYI this happened no real kind of digging oh, on it God. so all those times when my mother was like Bloody Mary isn't a thing calm down I'm really glad she didn't know about this or at least didn't tell me about it because if I had to live in fear of someone coming through my medicine cabinet game off like yeah gloves are off I'm done for life also really poor it seemed like a good idea at the time, but let's face it, not such a good idea, people. Mm -mm. No, but it was the projects, yeah. unfortunately. So it's this whole microcosm of crime and poor mental health support and 
Just poor living conditions and, yeah, like, ugh. So this is how urban legends start, right? Like, you've got a kernel of truth that builds into the candy man of it all and, yeah. Poor woman. The other true uh, urban legend is there's, like, some... The urban legend goes that uh, this high-powered lawyer or exec has, like, the best penthouse office on, like, the tops of, of a really big uh, office building, and he's always telling people how impressed he is about how secure the, the windows are, and he's, like, throwing stuff at the windows, nothing ever happens. He starts throwing his own body at the windows to prove that, like, how secure the building is, and eventually he throws himself at the window, and it just finally gives, and the window goes out, and he goes out after it. Actually happened to a Toronto-based lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like you would think Canadians would be smarter, but then the lawyer thing comes in on it, so it kind of evens itself out. And <laughs> so I had some other urban legends, but I felt like just me talking for reading stories, maybe not the most engaging thing. So I will link to them. People can check them out on the website. But that is my story about urban legends for this week. I have, it's not Urban Legends, but it's a similar thing. Bring it. I'm going to be bringing, uh, basically reading the stories and we're going to be passing judgment. Oh, good. Did <laughs> you see the BuzzFeed list uh, from the subreddit of Am I an Asshole? No. So there is a subreddit. Before we get too far on this, I will remind you that Algonquin is going to have to edit that out. Ah, crap. <laughs> this is going to be problematic. <laughs> Think of it as practice for when the girls start parroting back everything you say. <laughs> so, uh, so this subreddit is called Am I an A-hole? I think that's how we're going to have to run with it. Unless yeah. we want to go, like, good place and say ash-hole. Ash-hole? Yeah. <laughs> so, when people are post a situation and ask for judgment and advice. The, so, the BuzzFeed uh, list. <gasps> I know exactly what this is now. Yes. Uh listed articles where the people are 100% assholes dicks okay also might get buzzed or yeah. bleeped they're 100% in the wrong and <laughs> there it is terrible terrible people <laughs> but i found a few stories for us to pass judgment on uh that are not in that list um so what so when you post something there's always this sort of bot post that comes up after so it says if you want to comment to count towards judgment <laughs> uh include only one of the following abbreviations in your comment if you don't judge don't use a judgment abbreviation the bot will ignore you when it looks for top voted comments okay so what the the bot then does go through and it actually writes oh, okay the most prominent comment so uh the you're an ash hole and the other party is not is YTA. You're not the ashhole. The other party is is NTA. Everyone sucks here is ESH. <laughs> no ashholes here is NAH. And not enough info is info. Okay. So I get it. So you get to judge the original poster. Yeah. You get to say that the other person in the original poster story is the one at fault. No one's at fault everyone's at fault or you didn't give us enough details to yeah, pass judgment. judgment. Yeah. Got it. On board. So that's how their system runs. And then people post these stories. And then like, if you read it, there's like, I didn't even take out cause there's hundreds and hundreds of comments. Yeah. Right. And some of them are like genuinely like, I really need. So someone was dealing with their 
So their girlfriend's father was a uh, lifelong alcoholic. Mm. So she has a real, like, real negative reaction to alcohol. Right. Like, nobody around her. So this person, the boyfriend, drinks occasionally. Not hard drinker. Might have a couple of beers. Mm -hmm. Doesn't drink around her. Tends not to overly keep a lot of it in the house. Uh, but now, in the last year or so, every time he remotely has a drink, she calls him an alcoholic. Ooh. So they used to be able to go out and have dinner with friends, and he could have a glass of wine, and they could get... But now, it's every time he has any sort of alcoholic beverage, she freaks out. And he's getting to the point where he snapped at her and said, like, it's nothing about me, it's it's you. So then he was, yeah. like, was like, well, you know... She's the ash hole. I'm, I'm passing judgment. Like, it's like, you know, this is a tough situation. She needs therapy. It was yeah. what? 900% of the comments <laughs> were like, you are not at fault here. No. Uh, but she, like, everybody's like, please get her therapy. Yeah. Like, that's fair. go to a couple's therapy. That's how you probably start it. That's probably your gateway into it. Because this is an issue that's now affecting both of you. That's true. Because, like, this person's like, I really love this person. But at this point, I feel like every time I, and it's like, if she's judging me this harshly, is the next thing going to be like she's going to start like nagging on friends? Like, where does this stop? Like, yeah. if you have kids, like, is she going to completely drive them out of the house when they want to start? Yes, drinking. Yeah. So this first story uh, is titled uh, "Would I Be a, a uh, an Ashhole for Running Off with My Girlfriend's Daughter and Dog?" Do I have to hear the whole story, or can I pass judgment based on title wait, alone? Wait, wait, wait for the whole story, because <laughs> the title is really boring. So, I've been with my girlfriend for nearly two years. I am 48, and she is 49. She has a 19-year-old daughter. I began living with them per pretty early on, only about six months in. I learned relatively quickly it's a rough household. My girlfriend is exceedingly controlling of her daughter. Not allowed out, not allowed to have a job, not allowed a cell phone. Again, this girl is 19 years old. She doesn't protest because she can't go anywhere else. It's either live by mommy's rules or be homeless, to be frank. There's no abuse other than mental and emotional, so just so I'm clear. She's all peachy keen when my son, 17, comes over. It's like she's a different person. She's a good stepmom to my son, but an abysmal mother to her own. I kind of took a, pas a passive approach to this. I didn't interfere because she is not my child. She wasn't too friendly with me early on, but she's grown to like me enough to open up about these things. At this point, two years in, we're very close, and she even calls me dad, which struck me as odd, but she's never really had a father figure in her life, at least for not this long. I think the turning point for me came when we decided to bring a puppy into the home. I grew up with lap dogs who were free to roam throughout the house, but she decided this dog would stay in a crate for 18 to 20 hours a day and Aww. only let out to eat and mess outside. Despite my protests and attempt to let the dog run free, my girlfriend eventually put a key lock on her cage. We became very distant after this. The daughter proposed to me that we all leave this relationship. She is an adult and wants to make this decision to flee her mother. She wants my help because she can't otherwise. I was going to leave my girlfriend anyway over the treatment of the dog. I can afford a good three-bedroom apartment easy, so a plus one I think could be a good idea. This could also be her only way of escape. My plan is to was to have an apartment with my son and dog, to take care of the dog, <coughs> but the addition of the stepdaughter really isn't a big burden. 
am I an asshole for effectively stealing away my girlfriend's daughter to live with me? So to me, like a lot of people said, A, the title on this is really misleading. <laughs> it, is. it sounds like you're romantically yeah. running away. Yep, yep, yep. But um, a lot of people said, like, I agree that most people, that he is not. No. Well, I would have said that up until the point where he said he was going to leave his girlfriend over the treatment of the dog, but watching her emotionally and verbally abuse her daughter for, for several years. years was, he was it, okay with. At which point I was like, you know what, bud, you get the title anyway, just not for this particular situation. But yeah, the whole fact that it's not a romantic relationship colors yeah. things differently. But I guess, like, now the daughter is 19, so she can leave. Yeah. But I guess when he got together with her, she would have only been 17, so it's not like he could have rescued her at 17, because right. that would have been... But I mean, he's right, she's an adult, like... Yeah. So he moves out and she becomes his landlord. Or he becomes her landlord. landlord. Like, whatevs. But everybody's like, you know, if she does move in with you, make sure you, like, convince her to get a job and work on her skills oh, so she can be more yeah. attended. Or you just end up going to have to take care of her forever. But Yeah. So. Oh, and be fully cognizant that the mother is going to lose her mind and you're going to get a lot of really bad flack. Yes. And everybody's that. like, you know, she's going to paint this as a your. As the title implied. Yeah. You're yeah. sleepy with this 19 year old. <laughs> so this next one is a doozy. Oh, boy. So, is this person for masturbating to naked pictures of my best friend? She feels like I violated her privacy, whereas I feel like I did nothing wrong. If you hadn't have said it out loud, or she hadn't found out, then I might be oh, I'm not going to be okay with it, but I wouldn't know about it, so I wouldn't be able to pass judgment. But the fact that she knows about it, and thereby oh, it gets worse. I know about it makes you the asshole. So, basically title. This is the description this person has written. This guy has written. About a year and a half ago, we were chilling. Just chilling at her place. I forgot that I had a homework assignment due at midnight, so she let me use her computer to do it. Well, her poem page is Reddit, and I noticed she had over 900 messages. I knew that she read it, but the first thing that came to my mind was, man, she has to be a karma whore to the extreme. What the fuck does she comment on? I apologize, Algonquin. Read it again without the swearing. Okay. Man, she has to be a karma whore, okay? Probably not. Karma lady of the night. <laughs> okay, let's try this for the third time. Man, she has to be a karma to the extreme. What the F does she comment on? So I went to her profile where I discovered... Oops, it was her not-safe-for-work account. I'd X'd out almost immediately, finished my homework, and just left it at that. A week later, I was feeling horny, and I remembered about her account. It took a bit of digging, but I managed to find her account again, and spanked it to her. Ever since, I pretty much regularly masturbate to her. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna leave all of this in, because Algonquin's gonna cut it out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> It's not that I want to have sex with her, but she's hot. And the taboo nature of looking at someone I knew kept it alluring. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, I majorly effed up when hanging out with her today. Her boyfriend's birthday was coming up and she asked me what she could give, she'd give him. Like an idiot, I answered, you should give him a strip tease in those fishnets you have. Oh, boy. I don't know why I said that. I had fishnets in my head because I spanked it to that picture 
this morning and I forgot to realize that it was actually her who posted the picture of herself in fishnets a couple of days ago. She asked, how did I know that she had fishnets? I tried to say I was just joking, but I eventually admitted I knew about her not safe for work account. She asked how long, and I was honest, for a better part of a year. <laughs> she was furious. She said those pictures were private pictures, and they were not meant for my eyes. In all honesty, I think she's kind of being ridiculous. How are you posting pictures of yourself online when then you're mad that people jerk off to the pictures you posted online? And he does have a point. Like, she is posting these pictures using an account. Like, he could have stumbled upon them. So, anyways... I apologize for hurting her, but maintained that she posted those pictures and that I just happened to find them. I didn't mention that I found them on her computer, but to my defense, she does have some identifying markings and a couple of pictures where she shows most of her face. If she was trying for anonymity, she did a shit job. I mean, he's not wrong? I know he's not wrong. I might have to reevaluate my... Wait, wait, you, you'll oh. reevaluate back again. Oh boy. Uh, she said if I found her account, I should have just pretended that I didn't, and she felt gross and violated and wanted me to leave. Okay. I feel like I'm going insane. If they were on her phone or something, I'd completely understand. But she invited herself to be jerked off to by the poster <laughs> pictures she posted. Was I really unreasonable in jerking off to a publicly posted picture? Yes, Algonquin, you're going to cut all this out. Oh, so quickly. So very quickly. Um... <laughs> You know what? I'm going to default here and say they're both assholes. Oh, yes. So he posted two edits. Edit. I feel the need to explain that she wasn't bothered by the sexual undertones in the joke at all. And it was how we joke around. I don't know how this was an edit. I didn't find that. Anyways. No. We would just, if it wasn't for the fact that she had just posted the fishnets pic, she would have just laughed it off because that's how a relationship is. Also, I've realized how I messed up and I just, I'm just going to talk to her. Huge update. This is where he becomes a giant, giant, <laughs> gaping asshole. Asshole. So he tried calling her. She understandably didn't answer. So he decided to text her a huge apology instead. He also decided to call her boyfriend to apologize to him personally. Ooh. To my surprise, to his surprise, he picked up the boyfriend, I mean. Dude, jerky told him that Jerky was sorry for everything and that he'd crossed some serious boundaries and that he would step away from the friendship if it made the boyfriend comfortable. Well, he was completely confused and asked me to clarify. I told him that I figured my friend had told him what happened, but the gist was that I found her not safe for a work account and hid it from her and I violated her trust and I'm sorry. Well... He had absolutely no idea that she had a not... He, sorry. He had absolutely no idea what a not safe for work account was. Ooh. What I was talking about. So, Jerky, being super helpful, sent him a link. Oh my god. He's so dumb. Not only is he an asshole, he's dumb. So, wish the boyfriend was dumbfounded. He did not know the account existed. As Jerky said, he had no idea the boyfriend would... Uh, not know he just assumed because they were dating that she told him of course he appreciated the fact the boyfriend that jerky told him about this and that he views this account as cheating and confided in jerky that he was going to break up with the poor girl 
he is the boyfriend is also an asshole in this oh, situation. Yes. Now, Jerky feels horrible for causing all of this drama. I doubt that. <laughs> and he feels like a shit friend and most definitely lost one of the best friends he's ever had, even if she was cheating. She wasn't cheating. She wasn't cheating. <laughs> oh, well, life moves on. Here's to a better tomorrow. So yeah. his last edit, because he got lots of replies, was he didn't tell the boyfriend to hurt the girl, for the best friend. Like I said, I was planning on stepping away from the friendship, which is why I said above, which is why I said all of that. I'll step away from the friendship if it makes him comfortable. I told him because I assumed he knew about the not safe for work account. You know, because they're monogamous and posting your naked body regularly on Reddit is typically something you tell your monogamous boyfriend. There's a lot of assumptions happening in that. Yep. Thought process. Hey, you know what they say about assume? Makes an asshole out of you and me. Yep. <laughs> this guy is just making an asshole out of everybody. everybody. People are asking why I felt the need to apologize to him and not her. You just didn't read the damn post. I tried apologizing to her. I called her. She didn't answer. So I texted her instead and then decided, in addition, I was going to apologize to him. No, no, no. He does not have the good grasp of interpersonal relationship with women. That's why he decided to loop in her quote unquote male projector in the situation and try to fix it that way. Because he says he disrespected that relationship, the relationship that she had with her boyfriend. I don't know how he disrespected that, but anyway. Oh, no, I can see how he thinks he did in terms of like an old 1950s mindset. Uh, he's just wrong. <laughs> so he was asked, hey, why didn't you rat her out a year ago if you were going to rat her out? And he replies, because you dumb nuts, I didn't know that he wasn't aware of the not safe for work account. No, no. Why, people, he didn't rat her out? Because he was enjoying, enjoying it. spanking it. Yeah. So if he ratted her out, then she might stop posting pictures of her yeah. apparently sexy body in some fishnets. Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to guess this guy is single has been for quite some time and will be for quite some time in the future. Why would I think she is hiding a not safe for work porn account from her boyfriend? I don't know if it's porn. It's apparently as far as I could tell from the story. It's just her in some racy pics. Racy pics. People have weird lines. It's not porn. People have weird lines. I don't care if stuff's not going into other stuff. It's not porn. Okay, I didn't need the hand gesture. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and you know where that quote comes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to death. I didn't want to break them up. I wanted to apologize because I was told by 300 people that I'm a piece of shit. I tried and I just made it worse. But it wasn't malicious, period. At the end of the day, she was either by omission or explicitly lying to him about this account. This account. That's not okay in a monogamous relationship and she deserved to be called out. Oh, I'm sorry. He's the relationship police all of a sudden. I am not saying that I'm not a TA. <laughs> On the contrary, I'm a huge piece of poo. Keep calling me a piece of poo. I deserve it. But don't stop. But stop saying I did this to hurt her. Oh, honey. You totally did it to hurt her because she wasn't paying attention to you. Yeah. And because she called you on your BS. Uh, I did not do this to ruin her relationship. I messed up, but none of it was malicious. None. Algonquin producer, I hope you enjoyed it, but now I know you're going to cut this out. <laughs> this one is kind of short. It's, am I 
for refusing to talk to my mother unless she uses my title. I don't like where this is going. I feel like this was, I'm feeling personally attacked already. <laughs> well, I was thinking when I saw that the, it's like Princess Michael of Kent. Okay. Kind of, but you're going to feel personally attacked <laughs> when we go through this. So long story short, my mom was abusive growing up, which led to me cutting contact the second I left home. The main form of abuse was saying that I'd never amount to anything, was retarded, and work at McDonald's despite loads of evidence to the contrary. Even after I received an offer from Oxford Med, she kept telling me not to bother because I'll drop out. Which was so wrong, looking back on it. Oh yeah, this mother is a total A. And a C, and a B, <laughs> and a lot of other letters. Yeah, it's not a great start. Fast forward seven years, I've recently been qualified as a doctor, and my mom wants to try having a better relationship with me. We haven't met in person, but have spoken over the phone, where she seems nicer than she used to be, but I insisted that she called me doctor and her name. I'll allow it. Or I wasn't speaking to her. At first, she thought I was joking, so I hung up and rejected her calls for a few weeks, and from then on, she has used it. My brother... My mom was far nicer to him, has complained to he to me that I'm being a massive bellend. Oh, they're British. Yeah. To be honest, I barely speak to her and it's not bothering unless she shows proper respect. Am I the ashhole question mark? I'm sure it's going to get asked, and no, I don't insist on being called doctor outside of work ever, and even at work, I don't care either, although many people do call me doctor. I don't expect it or get offended by its absence. So, uh, I'm going to go with the internet judgment of everybody sucks in this story. Mm. i got to give the daughter a little less of a sucks, but her mom and her brother probably totally suck. I feel like I can't comment because this strikes a little too close to home in like a lot of ways. <laughs> so I have a very tainted view of this entire situation. <laughs> I guess this really blew up because she posted an edit said, sorry, I won't be able to reply to everybody. Thanks for the feedback. Some of the comments feel seem fairly bitter though. May I suggest having sex or watching TV? <laughs> anyway, peace out. <laughs> so this woman has totally come up in my opinion i, I always yeah. didn't think she was a anyway i think her mom was a total c the petty in me fully on board like it is doctor ride or die from here on out like yeah. there is no coming away from that so no <laughs> oh this one'll get you <laughs> Am I an asshole, or would I be if I quit the trade job my dad got my dad got for me because the boss is sort of abusive and I can't wake up in time for the start time ever? Yeah, yeah, you would be. <laughs> so, using a throwaway account because I don't need people breathing down my neck for weeks on my regular account. <laughs> if this turns out that ITA, if you I'm the asshole, yeah. And I might be. At least on paper I am. I just graduated high school and I plan on going to community college to get some prereqs done because my grades were so bad that I'd have to take basic classes just to get to a hundred level. 101 level. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but I decided this summer that I really just wanted to get to work and not go to college at all. I planned on doing nothing this summer. Like nothing. But as soon as I said I wasn't going to Prima, P-I-M-A, 
P-I-M-A. My parents were like, you need a job. So my dad got me a job working for his HVAC subcontractor. On paper, it's a sick job because the pay is so amazing. It has benefits, and I started getting vacation time right away, which I've already used by being late just about every day. (laughs) Here's the deal. I can't wake up in time to get there. Like, no matter how many alarms I set or how early I go to bed, I can't wake up. I just can't. We have a 9 a.m. start time because the contract is redoing the AC at BIA Homes on Toronto, and we have to be there when people aren't home, and I just can't get there. I told my boss that maybe it would be cool that instead of me working 9 to 4 with cleanup from 4 to 5, I would come in at like 11 and work until 7. But this is where he said, you're an idiot. I suppose to let my newest worker unsupervised when people are in their bloody houses? After that, I just wanted to quit. I don't need to be talked to like that. When I told my mom I wasn't going in today and was quitting, she was nice about it, but said that my dad would probably kick me out since this subcontractor is one of his work friends. I told her I know a girl who managed a bagel place in Rita and she will let me work there and I can do closing. My mom says I'm trading a $50,000 starting salary for minimum wage and that makes me stupid and I should just get my ass out of bed. Should I be getting on the road out to the place where he works? But I just want to go back to sleep right now. Would I be an a-hole if I quit this job? I mean, that's a rhetorical question, right? Edit. LOL. I needed to post on Reddit every morning to get bashed. I'm only three minutes late today. LOL. That's my best start time ever since I started working here. (laughs) when I saw this one, I'm like, Lisa's head is going to explode. There's... Where is this kid? I would like to punch him in the face. I don't... I would like to punch him in his entitled, dumb, lazy face. It doesn't matter where you are working. If you are new, you... Yes, sir. No, sir. Can I work an extra hour for you, sir? Like, one... Two, 9 a.m. start time. By 9 a.m., I've already put in a full hour and a half, at least. Probably closer to two. And I have an hour drive to get to work. Three, his parents should be so ashamed of the job that they did. Oh, I'm angry. (laughs) So angry. This is what's wrong. This is what is wrong with this generation. Like, $50,000 a year. I'm not going to go back to college like I thought. Because it's such an awesome job. But for this little thing where, like, it's expected that I show up at a regular start of business hours and he won't let me stay until 7 o'clock when people are in their home. Or am I going to take, like, a $13 an hour bagel place job that's dead end, go nowhere. At best, I can hope to be a manager in the shop. Because he gets to work to close, though. So he doesn't have to go in until 2. Yeah, okay, and then he's staying until, like, 9, so he's getting home 10, maybe 11, and then he's up until 2 the next morning. So he's going to find his 2 p.m. start time is going to get pushed back later and later, and he's going to have a hard time meeting that one, too, because he's going to be up all night anyway. This kid needs a 2 by 4 full of common sense to the back of the head. All I'm saying. Oh, I agree. He's the asshole. Yes. Okay. I knew that one was going to get you. <laughs> I work too hard 
I work too hard in this life as a single income household to listen to people like that and not have my blood pressure skyrocket. Also, where do we start at $50,000? Yeah. I, to be fair, I started just below it, but I had two degrees. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You have a specialized degree in your field. <laughs> Did I you start around that? Oh, hell no. There you go. <laughs> like, again, this kid just graduated high school. And by just, I don't mean he literally just graduated yeah. time-wise. Yeah. But also sounds like he just squeaked in there with his grades. My parents let me take a summer off after wasn't first year. Now, I got to say, my mom might be listening to this. My mom also let me take a year off between when I quit slash flunked out of, because I was about to flunk out, my first attempt at post-secondary education. They let me take a year off. I would have worked had there, like, there's just not a whole lot of opportunity. Mm. I did a summer job that year. Then I went back to school, but they let me just take a year off and fart around the house and be depressed and figure out what I was going to do with my life. But And my second year, I was involved in student government. So between that, working a part-time job, being full-time university, um, they knew it was an extremely stressful back half of the year. So much so that I developed an eye twitch that wouldn't go away. Like it was just permanent from like January through till May. So I took the summer off and I just worked like 10 hours a week and I spent the rest of the summer reading. And I knew I was very lucky that they let me pull that crap and they hated that they were letting me pull that crap and that I wouldn't do anything more. So we all knew it was like a real delicate balance and it was never going to happen again. And like, I better have enjoyed it while it was happening because like after that, that gravy train was done, done. <laughs> and it certainly was, <laughs> but like that was extenuating circumstances of like I think I failed no I had to do summer course that year to make up for a first year course that I failed because philosophy is a challenge for me it's a whole thing it's not Elise wanted to sleep it was Elise had an eye twitch yeah Elise was going to have a mental breakdown yeah uh that was about the time I went on antidepressants for the first time so I think I did have that breakdown <laughs> there you go I didn't come into my parents house for weeks <laughs> So the, I think this is my last one. He's kind of the one that gets me. So am I an asshole for not making my kid apologize? <laughs> yes. So my son recently stopped, decided to stop being friends with a kid whom he seemed really good friends with. His friend did something pretty bad that he, and he made the choice not to associate with him. My son's blunt and told his friend to his face that he wasn't going to be friends with him anymore. It hurt his friend's feelings. This kid's mom confronted me and wanted me to make him change his mind and apologize for being mean. I told her that I would not make that choice for my son, but I would go talk to him. So mom's standing there wanting a resolution on the spot. So I walk over to my son who's playing at the park after school and I give him the scoop. I tell him not to let me sway his opinion. There's no right answer and he's not in trouble. And if he truly felt this way, to stand by his choice and I'd back him up. Very good mom. Yes, I feel bad about my snap judgment based off the title alone. So I walked back over and said my son isn't changing his mind and I refuse to make him. 
The mom says that kids are too young to split into groups and doesn't want to see the kids divided. So I should mend the fences. I think my kid has a mind of their own. So am I the asshole? Mm-mm. So the person put an edit saying, they killed the kid killed a frog at lunch and my said my son said he didn't want to associate with someone who'd do that yeah because it's like the first sign on the psychopath list yes and the, these kids i've i've dug through some comments and the kids were around like eight nine so it's not like they were deaf no better toddlers right yeah or like preschoolers where they don't necessarily understand that sometimes they might yeah. be squeezing too hard you keep using that excuse for your little psychopaths i know i know <laughs> Uh, that's only Liz killed a bug. And she watches me do it all the time because they're bugs. <laughs> uh, yeah, mom too. Way in the wrong. Oh yeah, that mom was way crazy. Yes. But kudos to the mom for being like, no, he has his own mind. He can make up his own mind about people. Yeah. Because I want my child to be like well-adjusted human being. And not have mommy dictate his friend relationships like yes. the psychopath mommy too was raising. Well, like, also, you've got to be able to trust, because if you're, if you don't trust your kids to make those judgments when they're younger, then they will learn not to trust their own judgments, Mm -hmm. and they will make bad decisions. Yes. I mean, there is a whole website based off of serial killer victims, I'm sure. (laughs) Like, those are people whose mothers made them be friends with people they didn't want to be friends with. Yes. I'm sure. (laughs) Like, I think if your kid at nine says, I'm not comfortable being that kid's friend anymore regardless of why it might just be that they don't have the same interests anymore people grow apart yeah i mean you gotta hope it's that small of an issue and not i watched him take a life and show no remorse for it i mean that's the bigger conversation that moms to mom should be having like maybe ask your little johnny why he thought that was okay to do yeah and maybe he can then apologize to my child Ooh, switch it (laughs) I, I do not look forward to having conversations with people as my kids get older. <laughs> look, I know. She's a biter. It's okay. <laughs> We're working on it. She actually hasn't bit anybody since that time. She still bites me, though, because she's an a-hole. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't wait to see whose temperament they get. <laughs> you must be able to tell. Oh, yeah. Victoria. Uh, Liz is stubborn like Dan. Yeah. Like, she doubles down. But she has a bit more of my temperament. Right. Although I don't think I'm that whiny, but like she's more quick to cry and she's very like all of the little kids that are coming into her room that are aging out of the toddlers. So all the kids that are around, she mothers and smothers like, oh, can you, do you want to come play? (laughs) Come on, Mabel. Come on. Like all the little kids coming up, like Liz will just take them and show them around the room. And like, she's really sweet like that. Whereas Victoria is just like quick to anger and like blows up there's her father (laughs) i love you baby but yes uh i also i think i'm more like slower in my anger but she is just like but then she is whereas uh liz it takes her a long time to calm her down Mm. and get her through that whereas victoria is just like quick to anger quick to come down down. quick to like i love her she is so cute oh my god does she like rage so not regretting my life choices right oh, now. God, no, no. I love them. I like to complain about them, but I love my kids. They're really cute. I'm really looking forward to your whole post on the Reddit forums. Like, am I the asshole in this situation? Let me explain to you my child first. 
Well, that's it for this episode of Rabbit Holes Podcast. Uh, if you would like to learn more about the show, see our show notes, check out our website at www.rabbitholespodcast.com. On there, we also have our merch tab, which takes you to the Redbubble store, so you can gear up with some of our branded merch. Or you can check out our Patreon page via the support tab and come on board as a patron of the show and get access to a whole bunch of fun, secret, not so secret, secret products, secret shows, I should say. Uh, Products, because we're not trying to sell you. We are not goop like last week, as we discussed. Although I am still looking into the whole egg situation. With like a rabbit on it. It's a whole thing. I'll let you know. (laughs) Just don't chef it up your (laughs) vagina. Deal. It's, it's not that type of egg, people. <laughs> Doesn't vibrate or anything. <laughs> if you uh, want to reach us on the socials, we are on Twitter at Rabbit Holes Pod, on Instagram at Rabbit Holes Podcast page. Oh no, sorry, that's Facebook. And we are on Instagram at Rabbit Holes Podcast. And you can, if you like us, rate us, give us a review on iTunes, Facebook, and I'm not sure if the other platforms give you review functions. I think everyone but Google does. Oh, Google. Get with the times, people. Uh, They're so so behind. I know. Google's so out of touch. The Google. The Googs. The Googs. Uh, Like, we're friends with it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, get in touch with us there. Let everybody know that you like what we're doing because we need constant votes of approval from you people. We're very fragile as human beings. (laughs) As we learned in the last episode. Yes. Uh, So yeah, uh, just to remind you that the Ottawa Podcast Festival is coming up on August 24th, 2019 in Shocker, Ottawa. Uh, Check out the website, www.ottawapodcastfestival.com. Check out the lineup, get your tickets. Be sure to come out and support us as we're one of the founding uh, partners of the show. Pop Up Podcasting Ottawa is our other founder. Uh, And you'll also get to learn a lot of other fun Ottawa shows. I didn't realize, but there have been 22, 23 shows who have applied for a spot in the festival. that's really good. I didn't know that there were so many of us in Ottawa. So if anything, you will just learn about your fellow podcasters. Cool. Or podcasters. So yeah. So there's just one last thing to do. And that is to remind you that if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.